Howard Beck rejoins the show to give us the latest buzz around the NBA. Is Miami stuck waiting for a decision from Dalen Lillard? And if not, is another star-level player an option? Plus, which players are on Miami's radar, and will the Heat re-sign their own free agents? All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, here as always with David Ramil. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. We're joined now by Howard Beck to help us talk about the Heat's options this offseason if Gabe Vincent or Max Struess should be their top priority and other stars who could be on the move. But we'll start where we always start these days. Damian Lillard, who will reportedly give the Blazers a chance to improve the roster in free agency before making his decision. Details leaking out uh, as to whether or not the Trailblazers are lukewarm on Tyler Hero what it is that they could be looking for in free agency. Howard, we're talking daily about the Lillard situation. Uh, but do you think that there's a scenario where he chooses to stay in Portland over trying to get his way to Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Miami? Have we reached, like, hashtag Dame Watch level yes. yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it should that, just be that. He's, he's having dinner with Draymond Green. I mean, apparently, I don't know who's wooing who, but, I mean, that's that's worth <laughs> noting, right? I mean, he's I, playing Will Smith songs in Paris. We're, we're one step away, Howard, from tracking his plane. I was going to say, are we tracking the tail on the jet yet? That's the yeah. that's the key moment. That's when you know things have really reached peak offseason. Um, so the, I talked about this at length on, on Zach Lowe's pod the other day. We, we got deep into this while waiting literally like because it was the day after the big meeting. And it was like, this could happen any time now. And we were, we're like, what well, is this going to happen in the middle of the pod? Should we you know, delay when we're going to tape? Because yeah. for a while, it felt like maybe something was really – I don't want to say imminent, but that, that maybe things were moving. Thing, you know, gears mm-hmm. were, were clicking. Um, here's my best read slash interpretation, however you want to frame this. It feels to me like this is Damian Lillard saying, show me, don't tell me, right? Um, they've got a window here. They did not trade the number three overall pick. They used it up to take Scoot Henderson. They have not indicated any willingness or desire or impulse to trade any of their young guys. Um, although maybe Anthony Simons will be the one on the move at some point here if they're going to try to improve in the present. And Damian Lillard has made it very clear about what he wants, right? If I'm staying, I, I want to stay because we're getting better and, and significantly better. So it feels to me like there's a window here. And I'm not going to predict anything, but I, I think if on at 901 Eastern – 601 Eastern? 601. I keep screwing this up. I think it's 601 Eastern. It is. If it, 601 Eastern. Time zones are hard. Uh, if there's an immediate Jeremy Grant resigns with the Blazers for gazillion dollars announcement, um, tweets, whatever, and or a few other things that seem to indicate that they are all in on fortifying with veterans, 
then maybe it's you know we 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 go down to to uh to DefCon two or three instead of DefCon one. DefCon one's the worst one, right? I have no yes. idea. I'm not a military. I think DefCon no one. Yeah. <laughs> I think people invert it all the time because you think the bigger number is the bigger right. magnitude of all the DefCons Def Def are bad. I think all DefCons <laughs> are bad. We don't want to be on any DefCons. But I think DEFCON 1 is the is the most uh, alarming, sounding all the alarms. Um, I think we move off the DEFCON 1 to 2 or 3 if it looks like they are making moves to fortify the immediate uh, ability of these Blazers to get further with Dame Lillard on the roster. And my guess is that that's what he is waiting for. If we don't see that, if they're just hanging on to all the youth, if they're just making some, you know, uh, you know, kind of surface level moves and just bringing back Jeremy Grant, like, well, okay, cool. But like you already had Jeremy Grant and you weren't going anywhere with him. That can't be enough. So if, if there's not significant movement, significant additions that would convince all of us outside of there that, Oh, now they're really in business. I don't know why it would convince Damian Lillard either. So I think it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, it bears watching until we see where they're going. And my, again, just guessing, just reading tea leaves and just, you know, bringing to bear all of my years of covering this league. I got to think that if Damian Lillard doesn't see something convincing in the first few days of free agency, maybe that will be enough to tell us where this is heading. Uh, and maybe it won't even take a few days. Um, so I'm not getting you off of Dame watch anytime soon, I guess, with that answer. But wouldn't signing Grant or an announcement or tweet about signing Grant kind of be like an indicator that they don't have that much money to attract any other free agents? Or, or am I reading that wrong? No, I mean, listen, the, the, like, like a lot of teams, you know, whether they re-sign their guy or not, they're probably not in a great position to, to go out and, and get guys. Um, maybe there's a sign-and-trade involving Jeremy Grant that brings back more pieces. Maybe maybe it's just bringing him back and then, listen, at some point it has to be other moves, right? Yeah. Can they get anything out of a Nurkic trade? Uh, skeptical. Can they get anything out of an Anthony Simons trade? Yes. Yes. How much? I don't know. Uh, but if you are determined – it's it's funny. So like I said this the other day, it, it feels to me like the Trailblazers are doing some version of the Warriors two timeline plan, mm -hmm. except without all the championship equity built in and without all of the great players still around yeah. who won championships. Right. They are straddling two eras here. They are trying holding on for dear life to the Damian Lillard era, which I get. It's understandable. I wouldn't be eager to trade him either. But doing that while also trying to hold on to the post Damian Lillard cast, Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons and whoever else doesn't feel like a real tenable position. You can't do both. You like you can, but you're not going to be good in the present. Right. Um, and so I, something has to give. And that's what I'm, I'm waiting to see what's, what's going to give, are they going to give up some piece of the future can they get it if it and if they're holding on to Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and they're only willing to trade Anthony Simons, does that bring back enough to convince Damian Lillard that they're back in business? Yeah, that's you keep mentioning something has to give, and it's it's a kind of a terminology that we've heard a lot. Like this is just so obviously heading into a place where both sides it would be better for both Damian Lillard and for Portland just to kind of part ways and and figure out a future without each other. But you know, easier said than done. Easier easier for us to say. Then for the Trailblazers to pull that trigger, for then Damian Lillard to maybe request that trade, it does feel a little bit like maybe both sides are looking at each other and wondering which one's going to blink first. Are you going to ask for the trade or am I going to trade you if you're the Trailblazers front office, I guess? But 
Uh, how, like, you've covered the league long enough, Howard. Like, you've seen a million trade requests and superstars on the move. Like, how is this different in your mind? How does this kind of, like, why is this different? Because it feels like, obviously, the the equity and the 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 long time that Dame has been in Portland is, is a big part of it. But what does it say about Lillard's personality, his relationship to the city, kind of just, I guess you could just, I'm rambling, but you could take it anywhere you want to go. No, 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 not, not at all. And I, I totally get what you're saying, Wes. And I think this is different. Um, there aren't too many cases where a guy has been with a, a, a team for his entire career, had a spectacular career, obviously without the jewelry and without the finals appearances. But, you know, Damian Lillard is at, at worst the second best, but by most accounts, best play, player in, in, in franchise history. You want to argue him versus Clyde or probably throw a couple others in the mix there who might have had shorter spans with them but you know i think damian lillard has a, a a claim to best blazer in history he's on the 75th anniversary team for the nba and the the reason this one is different than a lot of other ones we've seen i often refer to like i usually use the phrase either discontented superstars or disillusioned superstars right and so you've got that's the james harden forcing a trade or kevin durant forcing a trade or you know lebron james um leaving in free agency it's usually something very crystal clear where the two sides have, have kind of worn each other out or just they've, they've reached a dead end and it's obvious. And the star himself is just like, you know what? It's, it's just time to go. Um, or Paul George doing it kind of in a, a year in advance where it was like, I'm going to be a free agent and I want to go to L.A. I, I, that's where I'd like to go. So you should trade me and get something for me instead. Um, and then they sent him to Oklahoma. But he found his way to L.A. Uh, eventually. So normally it's like that. And it's very clear. Um, and we hear murmurings way in advance of this player really wants to get to a bigger market or a more glamorous market or closer to home. In this case, home is Portland. Like, yeah, Damian Lillard is from Oakland. He's, he's, he's a, a Bay Area guy, but he has you know, made his home in Portland for a long time. He has expressed repeatedly, and I think very sincerely, this is where I want to be. But every player at some point, Maybe not every player. Most players at some point at that level, superstars, have a breaking point where it's like, he's going to be 33 in a couple of weeks. July 15th, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, I, I should know that by heart because I've had to look it up like 17 times by now to talk about when he's turning 33. Like, that's a kind of a, a, a you know inflection point for, for guards, right? Even in this era where guys can be great much deeper into their careers. Look at Steph. Look at Chris Paul. But you know it's coming, right? You know that cliff is coming. And what do you still want to accomplish? If he wants to stay in Portland and and have them keep trying to build around him, and even if it's, you know, there are no guarantees of championships in this league, so there's no moves they could make that guarantee him anything. You can guarantee him a deeper playoff run, maybe, or more hope for a deeper playoff run. But if he wants to stay and be some combination of, you know, still franchise cornerstone, who's going to try to lead him as far as he can, and at the same time mentor Scoot Henderson, mentor Shaden Sharp, um, be the bridge to to his own post uh, career to whoever's following him. He can do that, and it's a perfectly honorable thing to do. But he has said enough times himself publicly that he really wants to see them make some near term moves. And so this is where I say like something has to give because right now they're trying to, to preserve the future while still having him on the roster in the present and and. It just they haven't made the playoffs the last two seasons. So what reason is there to believe that it's going to change? So it's unique in that regard because of how fiercely loyal he has been and the fact that he clearly does not want to ask out. He is giving them every opportunity to make it 
a, a palatable situation and a pro more promising situation. And I absolutely respect that. But I do think that there are limits to what they can do if they're not going to give up their two biggest pieces, their two biggest young pieces. And because there is a, that limit, I'm skeptical that they can get to a place where it will look like they're truly a deep playoff team. Uh, the West is crowded. Everyone's getting better. Um, you know, there's at least 13 and maybe all 15 teams that are actually going to try to win next season. <laughs> no yeah. one's tanking anymore. So, uh, and some, some younger teams are coming quickly, Oklahoma in particular. So I, I just, I'm skeptical that they can pull this off. It doesn't mean that Damian Lillard will ask out, even if the rest of us think that there's a you know very good case for him to do so. I think the thing that gets lost in this is just how patient Damian Lillard can afford to be. He doesn't have to rush. He could say, and I think that's what he's doing. He's giving Portland every chance. Yeah. That. It, yeah. It, it, no, I just sorry to cut you off. It, it reminds me of this, which is that you know some people I've talked to over the last week around the league have said like, no, there's there, there's not going to be a trade immediately because he's going to give them as you you're saying was every opportunity, but. Where that might change is you get into the season, right. and if this newly fortified, reformatted roster can't make headway, and they're still struggling in, in mid late uh, to late December, that might be the time where he finally goes back to them and says, "All right, guys, we, we gave it a shot. Thank you, but let let's figure something out." And maybe he's a January trade as opposed to a July trade. Yeah, I think that's definitely in the cards. There's also the Trailblazers part of this too. Just minutes before we started talking here, the new CBA was officially released and. To teams, so maybe there's something on that end where, hey, like we want to get this far below the tax. Well, I'm not a CBA guy, but like maybe there's something in there that that motivates Portland to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but we'll see. For the Miami Heat's perspective, they can also kind of be patient here. They've got their own business that they need to take care of. That that's something that they can always try to revisit uh, or visit, I guess, if and when Damian Lillard does decide to request a trade. They can. They're we expect that they're going to be involved in that, whether it's June, July, August, September, November, whatever it is. So um, if not Damian Lillard, what other stars could be on the move? What are Miami's options other than that? We talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. But David, first, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. How does it work? You just pick to the six players, and if they score more or less on their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available, and you can get those numbers on the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, men's and women's college sports, European sports, disc golf, boxing, you name it, you'll find it over on Prize Picks. Entries are easy to make, 60 seconds or less, and they're safe and fast withdrawals when you win. They're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com today to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can also get a 100% instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks if you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. So you get the $100 deposit match if you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. So make sure to download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com today to start playing daily fantasy sports. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we will be back tomorrow with cap expert Keith Smith to break down the new CBA and what's possible for the Heat in free agency. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. All right, let's move on from Dame. Howard, in your offseason preview piece for GQ, an executive from a team told you that he was expecting fireworks this offseason or some version of fireworks. There's a lot of metaphors involved in there, but uh, <laughs> what are what are some other situations uh, yeah. around the league related or not related to the Miami Heat that you're keeping an eye on? Um, 
Yeah, and the, and the fireworks, we were trying to gauge, I was, I was trying to get the gauge of like the, the fireworks scale, not quite 4th of July, he was saying, he was like, ah, maybe more like Memorial Day, and then we finally right. set on, or maybe like somebody's championship parade where people are just firing off their own neighborhood stuff, right, some bottle rockets, <laughs> um, not full-blown like here in New York where we have them like firing off over the East River and the Statue of Liberty and like five other places. And if you get up on a roof, you can actually see like five different shows going on at once. It's, it's Would that be a Lillard trade? Would the Lillard trade be oh, the, yeah. on top of the yeah. roof in New York yeah. City? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. In, in fact, that's how I'm going to figure out on Friday night if Lillard has been traded. I'm going up to the roof and I'm just going to look out on the horizon. And if I see a lot of fireworks, boom, there it is. It's the new now, Twitter now people. Know. Yeah. Um, to be to be followed shortly thereafter by a, a parade down uh, Flatbush here in Brooklyn. There it is. Um, I'm not saying they're winning the thing over the Heat. I'm just saying, you know, um, <laughs> I I do think the Nets have, if they want to, they have the the bigger, better package to to offer than than the Heat do. If if, uh, mm. if the Blazers want a ton of picks, anyway. Um, other things I've got a, an eye on. Um, so I don't think we're going to see a lot of like top level stars. A lot of this comes down to like, how do you define star or superstar? Mm -hmm. I think it's inevitable. I think that there's a clock ticking on Carl Anthony Towns in, in Minnesota. I don't know that this summer is when it's going to happen because they're heavily invested in the idea of, of Rudy Gobert and Towns together. So having only had a third of a season to see them, I, I do think that they're going to want to give themselves and their players every opportunity to make it work. Um, but they've got cap issues and tax issues coming down the pike. And and there's just a fit issue, frankly. And there's just the cat has been there for a long time and they've never gotten anywhere with him issue. So I wouldn't be surprised to eventually see a cat trade. I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the Knicks move Julius Randle, for mm. instance. But again, what tier of star are we talking about? He's made a couple of all NBA teams in the last three years. That's something. But he's flamed out in the playoffs, too. And that's also something. And, you know, the league has, has seen the same. You know, does Zach Levine qualify as as a big time, you know, star trade? He's in Maybe. Doritos commercials Ish. or Gatorade I mean, or something. It's, it's, that's not it's nothing, bright. right? Yeah. A bunch, a bunch. Yeah, it was. It's funny for uh, for a player at at his tier. It's a it's a, it's incredible how many commercials we saw him in for about a two year span there. Right? Yeah, Jordan um, Bull had a had a year after the championship where he was in. Every wasn't that just NBA.com or NBA app commercials though? <laughs> yeah, you're right. But that was like those don't, those don't on count. league pass. It's like every break <laughs> you see that. So yeah, I was inundated with it. But yeah, those 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 don't count. Like um like Tristan Thompson was in one of those for a while yeah. when the Cavs were really good with LeBron there. Well, he, he had a Kardashian wife though. I mean, that's that's a different yeah. strata right there. This is like yeah. this is we already did uh Defcon levels, we did fireworks levels. Now we're like ranking commercial <laughs> tiers. Like how what level star are you versus what kind of commercial you're in? How many years after Chris Paul has retired will we still be seeing Chris Paul State oh, Farm stay? commercials? Are those forever? Are we going to all go Might to our be. graves still watching those? Yeah, probably. I think, so. I, I, I think I think we've reached, uh, you know, they're going to keep switching capacity. out like the main guy and just keep keep Chris Paul there. I'm, I'm ready for a new uh, State Farm uh, spokesperson. Um, <laughs> all due nice. respect to Chris Paul, who's had a phenomenal <laughs> career. And I really am curious to see how he does with the Warriors. It's great. Um, other guys on my list. So I've, I've already ridden this merry-go-round on Paul George, where a few weeks back, somebody had said the Clippers are in a, in a mode where, you know, because Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, both going into final years of their contracts, probably don't want to extend either or both. Um, the organizations obviously reached a certain frustration level with how often one or both are injured. Um, don't be surprised, I was told, if, if the Clippers found a Paul George trade. And then by the draft passed, 
And the next day, someone's telling me, yeah, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I, th- mm-hmm. I think they're just going to like they're they're just going to give it all one more shot, bring it back, hope these guys get healthy, stay healthy, and finally have the deep playoff run that was expected when they brought them together in 2019. That said, if something the right thing came along, I still won't be surprised. Like I don't know if they're actively trying to shop Paul George, but I I don't know that they're married to this group anymore either. I don't think they are. So maybe it's just a matter of the right thing coming along. I've got my on a couple other situations that are like I always hesitate to like say because you know the stupid aggregation machine out there, but. Um, I'm not a big optimist on the long-term viability of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Ooh. I was not that high on it personally when I first saw them acquire Mitchell. Um, and then I, I was, you know, I, I live here in New York. So I was, I was, you know, at a few of those Knicks Cavs games and um, you know, you could chalk it up to them being still kind of new together. You could chalk it up to Darius Garland being in the playoffs for the first time and being a, a little deer in headlights, but it's a smallish backcourt where both guys are best with the ball in their hands. And we've seen various mm-hmm. versions of this over the years, over and over and over. Just ask Dame Lillard. Um, recalling, yeah. You know, Dame and CJ, Dame and Anthony Simons, you know. Right. Um, and we've had various versions of this over the years. And it's like, especially in today's NBA, where like big wings are so influential. Um, like it just feels like, like that will have that will have a run, but it's it's too soon to like speculate yeah. on that. Like they're going to give that at least another year. I Chris Fedor, who covers the Cavs, reported right. I think it was today or yesterday that there's no interest there on trading Darius Garland. And if that yeah. holds up being true long term, then obviously the guy that would be on the move, be if Mitchell. that were to yeah. split, would be Mitchell. And that's a guy that interested Miami as soon as yeah. early as last summer. So that's interesting. So it's yeah, and, and so listen, as I say, every caveat possible. Sure. I'm not hearing anything. No one has whispered this. No one has said this. This is just my observation. There are yeah. certain like uh, situations out there where you look at it and you go, I don't know that that's working or is going to work. Maybe one of these guys is available eventually. And so, and so that's another one. But like, that's it, guys. Like, I, you know, Pascal Siakam, you know, are the Raptors ever going to gonna trade anybody? Um, they may not. Well, can I throw one other Raptors name out there? Because interesting little development. We get those emails about like the odds of like, team that's going to get this player thing you and, get those too I thought yeah i think 17 times a day <laughs> the interesting little development on this morning's mass email the heat have the second best odds to let land fred van vliet if he doesn't return to toronto that doesn't make sense since van vliet's a free agent and the heat don't have cap space but maybe they can yeah. get there by salary dumping or waving or stretching lowry old depot duncan robinson maybe they can create something where they're able to get under that hard cap that would be triggered by a sign and trade where that would allow them to maybe move Lowry, for instance, back to Toronto for a fan. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. I just found that interesting. Also, yeah. I don't read too much into those odds, but I just thought it was interesting that Miami had the second best odds behind Houston for Van Vliet. Um, David, what we've learned today is that you read these emails more closely than I do, Wes. <laughs> I am so – it's just easy content. It's such easy content. Look, we just made content. David, can I throw a name at you? That we yes, haven't please. talked about on the pod. DeAndre sure. Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Oh, I thought they were committed to mm. keeping him in Phoenix, right? I mean, okay. I, I think I think the idea is, you know, I, see how far that can go. Obviously, they've got some roster building of their own to do around Beal and, and Booker and Durant. But I, I think right for right now, it seems like that makes a lot of sense. For, are you saying Ayton in terms of like a Miami? Oh, yeah. no. Uh, yeah, I mean... 
an interesting name there, but I just don't see how that's viable. Like, I, I don't think Miami has the requisite pieces or anything of interest. I, I mean, I guess all you need to do is JaVale, all you need is JaVale McGee and Tim Hardaway, apparently. But <laughs> is, is that a current rumor? I mean, there's a lot to parse. Uh, Mark Stein reported that um, I think this was Stein's report that there was. was an Aiton Mavericks uh, discussion oh, on okay. draft night oh. and that um, the, the sons are the one who rejected it because it would have included uh, it was it was Hardaway, McGee was the one that that the Suns didn't want. Right, the Suns have had him before, so I, don't know I think it was Rashawn Holmes with Hardaway. Yes, plus McGee yeah. and Phoenix didn't want to take on the McGee contract. Yeah, um, and then Dallas backed out. I guess who knows can, what would have ended can, up happening, but can Miami offer Phoenix a, a lightly used Cody Zeller? I don't. I mean, no, I think it'd be like. I mean, if that's the price, it's like is like Duncan Robinson and Haywood Highsmith enough for Phoenix? Like it seems like the market on DeAndre yeah. Ayton is so incredible. I don't understand what's going on with Ayton. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's viable next to Bam. Ayton yeah, mm-hmm. has experimented with the three-point shot, not necessarily experimented with making the three-point shot. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not in for that one either. I, I think yeah. uh, if Ayton's gonna get moved, it's gonna be, I would think, somewhere else. And and they need to get back real pieces, like serious rotation players. All right, let's talk beyond the stars. We'll talk about what free agents are fit are a good fit for hashtag Heat culture. We got names. Coming up next here on Locked on Heat. Back here with Locked on Heat. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with cap expert Keith Smith to break down the new CBA and what's possible for the Heat and free agency. So make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Uh, Before we get to some of the outside free agents who could be fits for the Heat, they do have decisions to make on their own free agents, most notably Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Howard, based on what you've seen, what you heard, the you know, and all these things, what do you think the Heat should value more? Who should they value uh, in terms of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess? Who do you think they should value more? Who do you think would have more value on the open market? That might be one question. It might be two different questions. When you guys sent over uh, topics in advance and I saw that one, I went, oh, man, this one's going to break my brain. I don't I, like it's a, it, it's it's actually really tough. Um, I tend to feel like in today's NBA positional versatility and size matters more than a lot of other things. Right. Um, I'm not saying you can't find another Max Struess or find another Gabe Vincent, like both of them, you can find another one of in, in some form, but I think I, I think I lean toward the size and defensive and positional versatility of Max Struess over Gabe mm-hmm. Vincent. Um, Gabe Vincent, went to the same college as my wife. So I don't, I don't want to alienate uh, the gauchos out there or her um, oh, yeah, never. or my, or my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the priority. I think. So uh, I, I, I got, and I got to root for my fellow UC folks. I'm a UC Davis guy. So um, I, I, I think if you had to choose between them, I think I would go with Struess, but there's like, there's probably th- some other element I'm overlooking here. I just, I think you can get another, another guard. Also like the, the heat have not, and maybe they, maybe they should have one, but they have not operated with a traditional kind of uh, playmaking point guard, right? Like it's, right. it's Jimmy, you know, uh, organizing the offense. And sometimes it's Bam bringing the ball up the floor. And then, yeah, you've got an older Lowry doing it sometimes, and what, but they've never really had. And I don't know if you actually absolutely need some traditional point guard. I'm not even sure if Gabe Vincent is really a traditional point guard for that matter. Um, and 
I don't know. I don't know. Where are you guys on this? I think Struess has more value on the open market for all the things that you already said. Um, yeah. there, there's, he's got a bigger body of work in terms of three point shot making. Mm-hmm. He's a 37% career three point shooter. Gabe Vincent had one good year. It was like 36% from three. Other than that, he's been 33% or below from three point range. So I, I don't know how believable that shot is. I mean, he caught fire in the playoffs and that was great. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest stage. And that's obviously going to help his value. But I also think that Miami is motivated to move on from Kyle Lowry. And if they do end up waving and stretching him or salary dumping him somewhere else, then they need somebody that plays the point guard position and maybe they could bring back Gabe Vincent where if Max Struess does leave, you still have Duncan Robinson. So I I think maybe in terms of roster balance, they would prefer to bring back Gabe. My sense is that they prefer to bring back Gabe. Also, he's probably going to be cheaper than Max Struess for all those things that we talked about. And this is a team that's sort of up against it cap wise. So um, I'll be really interested to see where Max Struess ends up because there's already been some, some rumblings about, maybe even more than the mid-level exception, Chicago, Cleveland, Orlando, Indiana have all been mentioned as potential names. So we'll see what ends up. It seems like the, the market's going to be pretty frothy for him. It's also not a great free agency class. Yeah, which means that people may overpay for second or third tier players. Yeah. Um, we'll see how many teams actually have the full mid-level available to them. This is a summer of, this might be the summer of the salary dump um, just because everybody's trying to get their books in order uh, with the new CBA coming in and all of the the tighter penalties. I mean, the John Collins trade is still like shocking to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a straight up salary dump. Like you got next to zero back. Like that is, yes, you got back two things, a, 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 a barely still NBA player, Rudy Gay and a second round pick that is as close to trading something for nothing as you can get in, in this league. And for a player who had a very, you know, frothy, market in terms of interest on the trade market over the last couple of years since he was literally on the trade market for like 742 days or something and there were definitely opportunities along the way there for them to, for them to have traded him for more than than yep. Rudy Gay in a second round pick so this is the summer this may be the summer of the salary dump just teams just trying to get their books in order and and because of that like it's it's going to be hard to gauge spending um beyond the obvious ones right like james harden is going to go back to the sixers probably on a on a good jillion dollars and mavericks will figure out how many millions to give kyrie irving and and then everything else is going to be smaller all right let's do this last thing quick auction draft style just throw a name out we can sort of bat it around Uh, free agents not currently with the miami heat who might be fits for sort of hashtag heat culture and what we think and know that to be david do you want to go first uh, well, it's a name I mentioned to you. Uh, I've mentioned on the show before, but I think there's a, a strong tie between this player and the organization. Dennis Smith Jr., I think, is a name that uh, certainly appeals to Miami. I'm not sure what he'd command because he did show out to be a pretty plus defender in Charlotte. But uh, obviously, he's been uh, with six teams now in six seasons. So it's been a very difficult ride for him. But Almost uh, a football team. Yeah, on almost the football team, if you want to count that. Six and a half, then, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a, a good fit, obviously, connected to both Caleb Martin and, and Bam Adebayo from their North Carolina roots there. So I think there's a, a possible link there. And he's a, definitely a heat culture guy in terms of bringing that defensive intensity. Does he know Jay Cole? Yes, Apparently that helps. Okay, He, he absolutely knows Jay Cole, yeah. Howard, any names that come to mind for you? I had Dennis Smith Jr. on my dark horse list. Ooh, uh, ah. It was it was it was a one uh, name list. Dark horse Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love that. Uh, no, I thought of him too only because they're also good with reclamation projects, oh, yeah. and 
yeah, de- being defense first and just having something to prove. And, you know, everybody's got to be a, on their best behavior if you're a member of the Miami Heat because of hashtag Heat culture. And, and I, I think, like, that's a good landing spot. I also think, by the way, given what we were just talking about with how tight the money's going to be this summer, you might just get him for the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's 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 also gettable. Um, are you you want me to go with like traditional obvious heat culture type guys who are who are vets that they may or may not be able to get, or do you want me to go with a little weird or little just go weird? Uh, all right, my my two weirdest, oh. Dylan Brooks, okay, who oh. in a, who in a lot of ways is not hashtag heat culture, but has like the the irrationality and like he's got that dog in him. They would love. <laughs> They would love all of the most obnoxious aspects of him if they could corral it enough and channel it right. And that's that if heat culture means anything, that's what you do, right? You take <laughs> you, Dylan you saying, Brooks. You were saying obnoxious aspects, and I was I wondering if you were gonna go somewhere else for that when you were talking about Dylan Brooks. Sorry. Um I I I'm not sure how locked on's policy on cursing goes, <laughs> but yeah. that would infringe um, upon it, I think. Um, so I, he'd, be, I had, he'd, he'd be an interesting one as well. I had Dylan Brooks on the top of my list. I don't know how the Heat would do it. Again, they could do these salary dumps, maybe get a portion of the mid-level exception. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like Houston He'll might get more put a bag salaries. at him. But, yeah. yeah, Dylan Brooks is a great Heat culture fit, I think, for all the same reasons you said, Howard. They've taken flyers on guys before. They've oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler, for instance. For Hassan guys Whiteside. That Hassan Whiteside. Oh. Uh, even Hassan. a couple years ago with Mark Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that's a good one. I'm going to throw out a couple here that are sort of minimum level guys um, that I think make sense. Damian Lee. If they Mm -hmm. do end up losing somebody like Max Strews, Damian Lee shot 47% or something like crazy from three-point range last year. He's a veteran, championship experience, well-liked in the locker room, and does the things that the Heat did well to get to the finals last year, which is don't make mistakes. Maybe don't do anything spectacular, but just don't beat yourself. Damian Lee is kind of a mistake free player even if he's unspectacular and he can make open shots and the heat do a good job of generating open shots so that's one and then i'm just gonna throw one more out there and this is not very interesting but i'm just gonna i think it's a name to keep an eye on is darius days who the heat signed as an undrafted free agent last year brought into training camp and then had him for media day and all these things and then right before the season started waved him uh Quite surprisingly, and then he ends up now, and he ends up in the G League with, I think, the Rockets affiliate. Yep. Ends up being one of the best players in the G League. Shoots 37% on threes. The Heat obviously liked him enough to bring him in early in the uh, last season and have him through Summer League. He was also one of the top Summer League performers. Um, didn't like him enough to keep him, but maybe they could circle the wagons again. Maybe they can kind of come back to Darius days. Are you allowed to call him undrafted? Uh, I mean, that, that seems like it's kind of a sensitive issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've been here. We've been okay. here long enough. We're not the national media just parachuting okay. in with uh, yeah. with stale storylines. It's, it's it's just us national media ass right. um, who, uh, <laughs> who can't who can't use that term. Um, I, I had I like that one because way off the board. I, I can yes. tell you for sure I did not see that coming. <laughs> I could have named you could like fifty thousand players before I would have uh, expected that. Um, I have two other weird ones. Um, Robin Lopez. Oh, now you're talking to David here. All right, come off come off David's the bench and beat, beat the crap now. out of Jokic if you see him again, like that kind of thing. <laughs> Just apply some hard fouls, rebound, take a little I, bit of take you know, get, think- get, get, Give Bam a little bit of a uh, a breather on the boards. I like think it. I think Bernie, the Heat mascot, took enough of a beating from Conor McGregor. So I don't know if you want Robin Lopez <laughs> on the team too. But I mean, 
<laughs> I'd love yeah, to see him here. <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, I don't think Conor McGregor should ever be allowed back in that arena for all kinds yeah. of reasons. Um, Miami Dade County, yeah, for that matter. Miami Dade County. Uh, the other one I thought of this. I, 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 tell me what you guys think of this, because he's definitely going on a minimum if he's still in the league. What about Derrick Rose? I like it. I like it. Everybody who has ever been in a locker room with Derrick Rose, anybody who's ever coached him or any front office executive has ever executived Derrick Rose loves Derrick Rose. And I think he would be, they, he like with Kevin Love last year, they welcome these kind of veterans guys who are well-liked in locker rooms and it kind of does something for them both ways. I I don't know. Derrick Rose, that, that to me is very interesting. I think he can still play and I think he can yeah. still contribute. You don't want to rely on him for big minutes or anything, but like oh. as, as a, as a member of, of this rotating cast of guys at point guard or whatever guard guard. Um, and then the other one I thought of, like there's a, there's a few others I thought of, but like, I don't know how much Jeff green gets. So he probably just reups with Denver. Uh, the other green yeah. Danny. I like, I'm big, big Danny green guy. He's, you know, it takes a while to recover from the ACL. Hmm. So he couldn't really contribute a ton. Um, once he finally came back this past season, but uh, another several months of, of recovery, um, yeah, three sense. and D guy about all the right things has won championships. Like Danny, Danny green is, is a perfect Miami heat guy. Yeah, I agree. Wing uh, length like and versatility. What Pat Riley was talking, I mean, versatility, but whatever. I, I think he's, the, he's the Jeff green one, I mean, he's a local guy too. He lives here. So it makes so much sense. Uh, and now that he's won his championship in Denver, how has he not already played there? Yeah, that's all the teams he's played for. He's, he's played for everyone but Miami. Has been here. He's, he's due. It's, yeah. He's yeah. due. You're up in the rotation. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Any other ones, David, that you had on your list before we get out of here? Uh, Mason Plumley, I think, is a guy. I think he's uh, – I mean, if you wind up not taking a flyer on Cody Zeller as much as you might have appreciated what minutes he gave you, according to Pat Riley, I, I think uh, Plumley's still a little bit better. Maybe uh, – I don't know if he's an option for Miami, but I, I think I'd like to see that one. If you need a backup center, I mean, obviously you're going to have Kevin Love there, so you're going to juggle that triumvirate there of, of Love, Plumley, Zeller, uh, Jeff Green. I mean, so many different options at the center position. So, uh, One other name that's floating out there, Goran Dragic. I mean, oh, that guy that's... just, like, is a walking heat culture avatar. I don't know. Is I would he be, still it playing? Would... I feel like I he was oh, like semi-retired almost. Uh, it would well, be fun to just bring him right? back for a year. Udonis Haslam leaves. You bring back Dragic for a year. I don't know. It would just be fun as like the 15th man. I don't think they for would sure. be able to play him, though. I think Heat fans think it's a foregone conclusion that, that uh, Goran comes back, at least for one more season before he retired. Maybe. I'll take the million and a half dollars. Um, all right. That'll do it for us today. Thanks so much to Howard Beck. Of course, you can hear him all over the place on the Locked On Podcast Network, as he mentioned earlier on a recent episode of the low post uh, and you can read his stuff over at GQ Howard. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure guys. Thanks. Thanks for making lockdown heat. Your first listen every day, every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with cap expert, Keith Smith to break down the new CBA. What's possible for the heat and free agency. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app.